Hi everybody, this is the Rambling Toffee Podcast. I'm Mark. I hope everybody's doing well this Wednesday. Um, I'm still battling this cough that's been ongoing the last couple of weeks or so. So I'll try and get through this podcast today um, in the best way I possibly can. So anyway, where can I start? Um, it just continues on at the moment. Um, I'm just frustrated, angered by the way that we have been treated. It feels by Premier League um, and the way, you know, we can't get any kind of clarity, understanding of what is going on, you know, regarding the points deduction, but also the takeover as well. We don't know, is it getting approval or not? The last we heard, it looks like it's been delayed again, and I don't know why, what the reason is. Um, obviously, you know, all the issues that 777 partners are, you know, with, with all the businesses that they have and clubs and everything else and the issues that they have financially and litigations and all the things that's ongoing with them. And it just seems to be every day that there is a, another problem with them. Um, so obviously, is that the reason why this approval has not been um, ratified yet by the Premier League? Um, I don't know. Um but what's not really helpful at the moment is, is if this is the case and this, and there is an issue regarding funding for the football club, um, I think one of the big things that is needs to be put out there at the moment to reassure fans in one way or another is that uh, the current owner, Mishiri, needs to be coming out, needs to be clarifying, communicating with its fan base, uh, custodians and you know the, the shareholders and everybody to clarify what is actually going on uh, regarding this takeover because it's dragging on and on and on. I do believe that Josh Wanda, who is the, the main guy for 777 Partners, was at the game on, on Monday. So obviously he still thinks that this will get approval, but it's just dragging on and on and on. And, you know, there's got to be an end to this. There's got to be a time. There's got to be a date. Um, I just don't know. But that's not helping the anxiety that me as a fan and everybody else as a fan regarding the future of the football club and where it's going to go because that's, um, you know, that's what's concerning me the most and where it could end up. And I don't want it to end up the way it could go. Um, it would be helpful if there was some clarity or communication coming from Mashiri. Because he is the current owner, he's the one who's allowed some some partners to want to take it over the football club and take over, take his shares. He needs to be communicating. So that's a question out there to the fab to put to the board, the interim board that's currently there, and the people that they can, you know, their meetings that they can have. Maybe fab can actually ask the question because something has to give here because it's dragging on and on and on. Um, and as we've all I've discussed in the past, you know the you know the doomsday scenario is that if they don't take you know take over and we don't get approval from them and there isn't anybody else coming in um to take over the football club then there's inevitability that we could go into administration which means another nine points yes in in another way that you know that happens and we could then get taken over by the other interested parties that i believe there are people out there that are interested in taking the club on, but at the moment they are not showing their faces and they um, and they're not making any kind of communicate noise regarding that. All they all we know is that they are some the American based and they want to you know 
take over the football club, but they can't give their name, they can't give any kind of information at this moment. Uh, but that, on that on that case, and it's just it's just frustrating because it's looking for uh, the light at the end of that tunnel. You know what I want to be talking about, as I always do, talk about the football, which I'll sort of get into in the moment. The the Palace game on Monday night, um, but you you can see, you know, not just you know in the fans in the stadium. I wasn't there, not just because of this. I have a condition, as I've mentioned in the past. I I would have been there um, on Monday night, but I wasn't there, and you could just feel it. It's not just about this takeover and getting the approvals of that and where we're going with that. It's basically, you know, the 10-point deduction as well and the appeal, which is now going into its third week. You know, we're waiting for clarity. You know, we're waiting for the announcement of when are we getting all our points back? What, what, what is, what's going to happen next? What, when are we going to find out? And it just seems to be dragging on and on. And for me, if you were in that stadium, to try and get behind a team and try to support a team is, is all we can do. But if the team on the field are not performing and not playing well, are not playing to the best of their abilities to try and get a result against a team that are not doing great at the moment as well, and they just changed their manager and, you know, obviously they'll have a bit of a motivation because they want to play to the new manager to prove that they can stay in the team. But... You know, there was an opportunity there to take three points. And it's not an arrogance just because they're not playing well. You know, we're, we're doing okay. We're getting points here and there. And that's fine. But we need to get wins. Because what happens is, is if we do get them 10 points back, and then we had one on Monday night, that's 13 points back. And we, we would be mid-table. And we would be in a strong position. The players would probably feel a whole lot better knowing that they don't have this like vice around their neck because from my perspective watching that game we were disappointing we were slow to get going the setup was very defensive we stuck with Ashley Young in the midfield obviously Decore came back in but the performance there defensively it's just been great. Defensively, we've been all right. There's no issue with the defensive side of this. But when it comes to that midfield, it was just like there was no creativity in there. There was no drive. And if you have a 38-year-old, no disrespect to him, and you've got the Corey back in the team who's just come back after injury, you got Ashley Young on the wing. We needed pace. Crystal Palace have pace in their team. As much as they've got some of their play- best players are out, in that game, but they've got pace in that mid on their wings. They've got pace going forward, and he allowed their, us to play, you know, to have the ball a lot more. And I noticed in that game we're passing the ball around a lot more than I don't normally see. But doing then we're still launching it all to Dominic Carvalho. Doing, <coughs> but but actually, you know, just respect to him, whatever his age, we needed pace. And the amount of times in that first half and in the second half before he got substituted, the amount of times he was fouling, you know, their player, constantly, constantly fouling. And Sean Dice has not seen this at half-time. And you, you can see it. The whole fan base, the fans in the stadium saw it. Me on TV saw it. We needed changes. 
Godfrey was doing his job okay, you know, he's got pace, which is fine. But actually, you need to change it. We needed to change it there. Harrison should have come on. Decorey, it's great to see him back, but he was not back to his usual fitness. Full Decorey that we know of, but it's great to see him back. But he seems to be better when it comes to way, playing away in away games than at home. That just seems to be my view, and it just seems to be the way it is tactically when we're playing away. That Decorey feels a little bit more further forward. Um, but you couldn't get into game. You just it was enormous with that. Um, I also felt that James Garner was very very poor, um, and he basically was getting the ball. He was just giving the ball away. If he had the ball, he was going backwards, and he was just not generating anything. Trissa Gay was just doing what Trissa Gay does, and what really frustrated me. I just wish he'd never shoot from outside the box, because he just seems to do it, and every time he does it, you know where he's going to go. And it went straight out well, right into Rosehead in, in the Gladys Street. But the feeling I had was Anana was free. He was available. He played the second half against City. He should have started with Garner still starting because those those two combinations seemed to work better. And he should have gone with that, but he didn't. He stuck with the team that started against Man City. It felt defensive. It felt very backwards and it, for a team that we need three points and we be, need to be more positive going forward to get forward as best we possibly can we needed Nana Nana's our best midfielder and he was as soon as he came on in that second half we were one down but he came on you saw the difference and Jack Harrison whatever people think about Jack Harrison he's got pace he's got better than what um our um Ashley Young's got came on you saw a difference straight away you saw a difference with Anana and then we got the equaliser and it would have been a different story if Sean Dyke changed it at half time instead of waiting for another 60-65 minutes if he had done it at half time brung them on that would have helped and we would have gone right at it a little bit better because the other thing I noticed was that there was no help for Dominic Carver-Lewin he played really, really well. He worked his socks off, but he was not. All he was doing was getting knockdowns. And when he got the knockdowns, he had to go and chase the ball. That he's just knocked down because the midfield weren't there to get to collect the ball and get forward. They were too defensive, too back. And that's what was going on throughout the game. But with Dominic Carver-Lewin, his, his performance-wise, he was working the channels, working his socks off, but there was no support for him. In it from the midfield, Anana came on. You sort of started to see the difference. Beto came on with Dominic Cavalier to give uh, Dominic Cavalier the support. So that was great. You know, as much as what we think about Beto is, but there was like a little bit more support. But it should have been done earlier. It should have been done earlier on. It actually should have been Anana starting and Harrison starting in itself. It would have been a different story, maybe. Dwight McNeil. All he was doing for the game was getting fouls so he can get crosses into the box and doing what he's always good at, and that's his crossing. But the rest of his game was not there. And is it because he's injured or whatever else? But regarding that game, and I know James Garner came out afterwards and said because, of course, the fans booed the performance by the players. And he said, you know, the points deduction is getting to him. 
and also obviously it's getting to the players because of it and this is the another feeling that's what's going on at, at, at in the stadium at the moment with fans me included we go to the game we want to get behind the team but it's a two-way street and if the players have got that worry on their mind about the 10-point deduction and also where they currently are and thinking that we should be further up the table and they have that psychology psychological mentality that they're thinking you know we're here are we going to get our points back and they're starting to think like this like we are then the atmosphere in that stadium like it was and the players can't get going they can't perform and they can't push themselves because psychologically they can't get themselves in a positive frame of mind because they've got that in the back of their mind like we have then you see what happened on Monday night and it's not an excuse for the performance they should have dug in they, the, the manager should be talking to them and saying get that out of your mind and they should be thinking to try and be as positive as possible forget about what's going on with this 10 point deduction go out there and get a performance they didn't and if they're thinking like that that is on the manager, the manager and the and his team, psychologists and people that they have at the club. They should be talking to the players, supporting them and getting them to actually focus on the game in hand and forget about the outside noise. As a fan, it's quite difficult to actually do that because it's on our mind every day. We're not football players. They get paid hundreds, you know, thousands of pounds a week to play the game. That should be out of their mind. But if that's on their mind, that needs to be sorted out. And, you know, I'm, I'm against the fact that, you know, James Garner can say that, you know, shouldn't be, we should be getting behind. We have been getting behind you all season. Those performances have been quite consistent, not just because of the points deduction, but they have been like that continually. So, you, you know, pull your finger out, do something about it. We want titles to boo. We pay our money week in, week out to go to the games and put all our energies and effort into actually go to the game week in, week out. We will boo if we see a poor performance and if you're not putting that commitment and that driving. We've seen that this season with, with the same players. They've gone out there and put the shift in and worked extremely hard. We've seen it and we've applauded that and got behind that. That's always the case. But if you're not putting that shift in and not performing doesn't matter if you've got points deductions or, or problems going on there you should be still putting the commitment in and putting that fight in for this club we do it and we're entitled to actually boo and hiss and you know do what we want to do because that's how we feel at this moment because as fans what we pay for because we are custodians of this football club the thing is is this is that we pay our hard-earned money to go to the game home and away and basically we deserve to see you know our team performing and putting in an effort yes if we lose fine we can accept it but if we see a performance and we see the effort and guile and determination to try and get a result we're fine with that but we're in but the way things are at the moment it with the points deduction that we're still waiting for the bloody appeal to come through and when they damn going to announce it it's been nearly three weeks since the appeal ended where they actually took place what is taking so long simple in it 
yes, they may be lawyers, maybe, you know, they've got other jobs that they have to do, but there should be some sort of announcement at some point. We need to move forward. And as I've just mentioned about the takeover, we need clarity on that. So everything is up in the air. I am absolutely pissed off with this at this moment in time, that there's no communication that comes from the club at all. When I mentioned about Mashiri, why is he need not trying to reassure us about the takeover, about everything else? Why isn't it the club are not communicating about <coughs> saying, you know, everything's in that we'll talk about, you know, the, the appeal, when it ends, what we're going to do next, whatever. Just some sort of communication. We don't need to know the ins and outs of the, the appeal or how, what happens with it. We just need to be reassured that something, that they're listening to us and that they care about its fan base. Because at the moment, I'm just sitting here. I'm on the, on the internet, on social media, scrolling away, hoping to see a new story to say, everyone get their 10-point deduction back. This is the reason why. Da, 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 da. And we can go, oh, and you can see that it will lift. But that's the Premier League. They're just dragging it out, dragging it out, dragging it out. Until when are they going to announce it? Do they know what? If they have that information, we don't know. But, the, you know, this one's the, the, the positive story I can try and get from this is that the media, the usual journalists, these legacy journalists who seem to get information from the Premier League have not leaked anything. They have done in the past where we got our 10-point deduction, when we were told about our charges. They seem to get the story before everybody else did that. This is what's going to happen. So they've not been given anything. So can I take a positive from that? I don't know. But it would be nice to know what is going on. And, it's, you know, every Evertonian is in the same, we're all in the same boat, asking the same questions, trying to understand, you know, What's the hold up here? Why is this happening? Why is it taking so long for something that is so important to its fan base and to the mental health of its fan base? Because it's in our thoughts all the time, it's in my mind every day, trying to think, can we move forward? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Can we start thinking about the football? And now if we're watching a football match against Palace on Monday night and the players, or one of the players has said that the point deduction is getting on him and it's starting to get the pressure is on him now and also it must be from the other players, then, you know, they need, you know, if that's the case, they need clarity as well. And sadly, the manager doesn't know. He's not been given any information. Kevin Felwell's not been given any information. Nothing. There's nothing out there yet. And I would rather know right now, this minute, what's going to happen. If if we had the 10-point deduction, it's going to stay. We've got the second charge. Then if that's the case, then we can we'll say, right, okay, obviously we're going to get a 10-point. That's going to stay as it is. It's look like we're going to get a second charge. We might get another 10 points. So if it's going to be like that, that means that Everton Football Club will get relegated and it's just going to be the way it's going to go because we're not going to be able to fight it back. And as much as we can appeal the second charge and whatever, we may not get the points back on that. And then, then the wonderful thing is, is that we have to wait until the end of the season 
So if we have stayed up on what we currently have and what we've been deducted have, we have to wait until the season's over to find out if we are still in the Premier League or are we in the Championship. That's again, which is absolutely disgraceful. And it just shows you how badly run the Premier League is. And it just shows you how we've all said about them, about the Premier League when we protested and everything else about them is they do not know what they're doing. And they are corrupt to the highest core. And they just care about the six clubs that are, um, are there. You know, the six clubs, they're Sky Six. They don't care more about them. They care about the money, the viewers, the people money coming in because of those six clubs and they forgot they don't care about the 14 others they referred to Everton and now Nottingham Forest have been charged Richard Masters refers to us as small clubs but with the histories aside that we have and the trophies that we have, that's where his attitude is at and he needs to be out of that role he needs to be gone the chair lady needs to be gone this season needs to be a new change it needs to be an independent regulator it needs to be brought in as quickly as possible and I can go on and on and on about the media and everything else about the media I've done it in the past Andy Vernon tweeted the other day regarding again no communication you know why the Premier League was just not you know giving any kind of clarity about this and why it seems to be at the moment Sky Sports don't want to talk about anything about Everton Football Club regarding our protests, regarding our the issues that we have. They seem to want to bury it and dig it down because they are in partners with the Premier League. And they just, you know, and now we've had, you know, the big story about, you know, Jamie Carragher, you know, Andy Burner put it out there that, you know, he would like to sit down with Jamie Carragher and talk about the protests, talk about, you know, the deduction and why we think that it, you know, it's a hard, you know, it's a harsh punishment, which doesn't fit the crime. So, you know, would be nice to, you know, he wanted to sit down. It's not been a, agreed yet. It's not been a, you know, anything like that. So they don't want to have it, and he's gone into hiding. Carrick just basically not that long ago was getting right behind. Everton have felt it was harsh points deduction and shouldn't be the case and everything else. Now he's just gone and hidden. And he doesn't, you know, that that opportunity for Andy Burnham to actually speak to him. And if it's on Sky Sports, to actually put it out, this is what Everton Evertonians feel about. And this is what's happened and this is what we feel. The fact that he doesn't want to actually do that interview now, doesn't want to even sit down with Andy Burnham, it seems to be. And has just gone very, very quiet on that. It's just absolutely just shows you where we are as regards, you know, the Premier League regarding the way the media is and the way they are treating Everton Football Club at this moment in time. And they just don't want anything to do with us. If it was Manchester City with their 115 breaches and, you know, as soon as they start finding about the investigation for that and when they're going to do the, you know, the independent commission starts working on that, our Sky Sports going to be talking about it every day, about the commission and everything else, about Man City's breaches. Will they put a big story on that? Probably, because Man City are part of the six, and they're more important than Everton Football Club. Anyway, I can go on and on and on. But 
just to mention, you know, this is where we're at. I just hope that we find out soon because this, the future of this club depends on that result and depends on the takeover. And if it's going to happen, if it isn't, is there anybody else going to want to come in and take over the football club? We can all talk about the positives of the stadium, the new stadium, and how fantastic that's going to be when we move into it. But our football club, if we don't get if, if we don't get the takeover sorted and we don't get the points deduction, our club could be in the championship, and that means you know administration could be next, staff getting uh, made redundant. Stadium not getting fully completed. I don't know. You know, creditors will want their money back and everything else. So there's a lot of things that could could happen. But we need some clarity now. And it would be nice if the club can just come out and reassure and try and, you know, reassure its fan base that they're doing everything they possibly can, you know, to get this club in the right place and go in the right direction. So, yeah, anyway, that's that's my views. Don't let me know in the comments below what you think about everything. Where, what do you think will be the best solution? What, you know, what, 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 what would be the greatest, the great thing we need to go, get forward um, and go forward? What would you think, you know, would be the best solution for Everton Football Club? You know what mine is, you know, Better, better people to come in as a takeover, not 7-7 seven, seven partners, that's my view. Um, the point deduction, we get them all back, that would be fantastic. Um, the second charge, then it gets thrown out because of it, and then we can move forward. And then going to the summer, um, hopefully we'll be able to you know, bring players in and start rebuilding our squad and getting better and improving in our last season at Goodison Park. That would be would be fantastic. But just let me know in the comments below what you really what you think. You know what's what's going on in your mind at the moment. Event if you want to. How you're really feeling at the moment with, with everything being so delayed and everything else like that. On that note, um, thank you very much again for listening, uh, for watching. Uh, I do appreciate it. Um, this will be uploaded later on. Um, um, so I always appreciate the support. Uh, I'll be back hopefully for my next uh, podcast will hopefully be next Monday um, at the earliest so I will uh, keep you noted on that um, so yes um, on that note have a great week um, I'll speak to you next Monday um, I'll do a review of the um, our next game um, so we'll go from there hopefully we might hear something before that anyway everybody take care I'll speak to you later. Bye-bye.